Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise uh, the Holy One of Israel. Amen. Um, I really want to thank God for this morning and the opportunity that by His grace, I am able to share on this topic as we start the day. Even just the privilege of being able to share uh, on this daily um, altar that the cathedral, the leadership have kept burning in season and out of season, in the difficult times and the good times. This has been a great example for the diocese and I think for the province that an altar can keep going if the watchmen stay on watch. And so I want to thank God for this opportunity. Today I want us to just turn to our Bibles, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, which is our scripture for today. Um, 1 Corinthians 3, 11. And we're obviously still in the consecration month, but our topic today is Christ, the right foundation for living. Christ, the right foundation for living. Amen. And I want to just say that when you think about the topic even to this morning, the right foundation for living, and obviously us as Christians, and it's a reminder that Christ is that right foundation, which would therefore imply that there can be a wrong foundation. And I thought about this word, foundation, because it's easy to make the assumption on the word foundation, but there must have been a reason why uh, the Apostle Paul was clear on this um, foundation. And some of the other words, similar and opposite, uh, sort of similar words you could say, or synonyms or synonyms that you could use for foundation, a word like footing, he is the right footing. Another word is base, is the right base. Is the understructure. Christ is the right underpinning. Um, he is at the bottom of all these things. Whenever we say, I'll get to the bottom, I'll get to the root of these things. He is the basis, he's the right basis, hallelujah, for our living. He's the right starting point, which means that we ought to know where things start from in our lives. Paul is now saying, Christ is the right starting point. He is the best. He is the point of departure. He is the beginning. Amen. He is the premise for our living. And I thought those words bring to light not just what we think of a foundation, but the fact that he is a substructure. He is the most important part of the building. Everything else is easy to build. And if you remember very well as Christians of all saints cathedral, the, the toughest part of the building was the foundation as we built the new cathedral. The foundation, the basements, when those are done, the walls are easy. The walls come up, every, every money that you bring to the table is exciting as the walls go up and as the roof begins to show up. And every week that you come, the walls are nicely appearing because 
there has been a basis, there has been a premise, there has been a foundation that has been laid. There has been a base, a starting point that has been laid. And as long as the foundation is already done, everything else seems to be on the easier footing. So Paul here was saying that Christ is the right foundation. And allow me to just read from verse um, 3, from verse, maybe from verse 9. And it says that, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. I wish you could tell yourself that you are God's building. And according to the grace of God, which was given to me, Paul says, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. So how you build on the foundation is important. You may have a right foundation, but how you build on it is important. But verse 11 says, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And I was so excited that the foundation is already laid. Even as you walk into this new life of Christianity or you continue to rise in this new life of Christianity, no matter what the world has brought to you, the foundation has already been laid. And this foundation is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And that's why our topic is that he, this is the right foundation. Because we must be aware, therefore, that there can be, that there can be a wrong foundation. And there was blood that was shed. There was resurrection that was earned. There was a process for which the Lord sent his son, lived on earth for 30 years in preparation, and for three years of ministry, only to die and rise up so that the foundation is laid. And therefore, you are coming and building on a foundation for which Christ, by his own blood and by his life, he paid to build. And therefore, all the struggles that we might be going through, all the challenges that we go through, we ought to understand that we have the opportunity to build on, on the right foundation. And I thought about it, that you can actually also do the opposite. You can actually choose to build, God forbid, on the wrong on the wrong foundation. And we can opt to build uh, like a man who wasn't wise on, on a shifting foundation. And anybody who's doing real estate, anybody who has either rented a house or anybody who has bought a finished house, you enter this home literally by faith. Or you enter this home hoping that the foundation was done correctly. Because you are never part of the foundation. You have no idea if there was a master builder or there was a, a good mason who took part. You're not sure if it was the design was right from the beginning. And every time you build a home that was already built, sometimes you find that there was no termite treatment that was done. And therefore, suddenly, you are attacked by an anteal in the sitting room. That can be a worst nightmare. We have seen this happen in verandas. Suddenly the veranda begins to shift because the foundation had challenges. You live in a house where it's possible that you could have disease because of moisture that has never been handled from the foundation. 
and the walls have, have bubbles and, and you know, the painting is, is peeling off, it means that there were foundational challenges. The worst case is that there could have been sacrifices that were made, you know, and these were demonic sacrifices, not like the sacrifice on the foundation we're talking about today. But there could have been, you know, human bloodshed that was done in that home. And these are these are worst case scenarios, but it's all good for us to understand them. Some people have discovered later on that there were bones that were buried in, in, in the foundations of, of their home that they live in today because they were never part of the foundation. They were never part of the design. They were never part, they never understood who the builder was. And therefore you inherit a house, you inherit a home that you're renting, but you never understood the foundations. Sometimes that home doesn't bring peace. We have heard of homes where people don't sleep. We have heard of homes where, where objects are moving in the night. There's a house in our neighborhood where people don't rent it anymore. It was being rented by uh, one of the, one of the uh, you know, embassies in Uganda. And family after family kept leaving the home. Every time a new family came in, they left. And then we, they were asked them why they said, we cannot sleep in that house. There's no peace in that home. Things begin to move at night. And we said, you know, of course, if you're not spiritual alert, you begin to think these families, you know, have very imaginative minds. But there must have been something about the foundations. There must have been something about that home. But today we're not talking about, you know, the dark side of foundation. We're saying that Jesus is our firm foundation. He is our rock. And I think many times you forget that when life beats on us and when life happens and when a crisis comes to us, sometimes we actually forget that the Lord is, is our peace and the Lord is our foundation. And I love the words in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. And let me also open those in my physical Bible. Matthew 7, 24, verse 27. And it says, build on the rock, the Bible says. Matthew 7. 24. And this is what it says. It says, um, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, and these are these are the red texts. This is Jesus speaking. Whoever hears what Jesus is saying and does them, there is hearing and being able to put them into action. I will like them, liken them, or liken him or her to a wise man who built his house on the rock. A wise man is a figurative uh, speech. And I know sometimes from Bible school and Sunday school, we took it literally. We were envisaging a, a man building on the Sunday on, on, the, on the beach. And it looked like a nice thing to do. But when the winds came, they just blew the house away because it was sand beneath. But sometimes also envisage a house that is built on a rock. And Christ here is saying that those who hear my words and do them, and therefore hearing is not sufficient. And I can tell you, we hear the word of the Lord every morning. We hear the Lord at lunchtime. We hear the word of the Lord every evening. We are in church on Sunday. We do the hymns. We even know the hymns word by word. We even, uh, you know, the, we know the Apostles' Creed word by word. But the Lord is saying it's not just the hearers that are those that have built a firm foundation, the wise men. It is the hearers and the doers. And the Lord seems to suggest, therefore, 
that obedience must be an ingredient of that wise man. Obedience must be uh, a, a, a character. It, it must be uh, something that they hold dearly for that wise man. And the next verse therefore says that, and, and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Hallelujah. Verse 26, but everyone who, who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, and this is, the, this is the essence of it. It is not just about buildings, but the core of this just is saying is obedience to my word. If you do not do them, will be like a foolish man who has built his house on the sand and the rains descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell and great was its fall. And I know that this was quite a simple, a simple, um, you know, sort of example. It was a simple reminder of what this looks like. And God gave us a figurative speech of what is really, really uh, possible when you don't hear the word of God. And I can tell you right now, God is speaking to us. But we need to become hearers, but not just hearers, but also doers of his word. And therefore, God gives us a second chance, which is the grace of God for those who are built and not built well. And that's the beauty of it. If the foundation had been laid and the foundation is correct, it doesn't matter if we have skewed buildings. It doesn't matter if, if the walls were warped and didn't go well. The Lord says that you have a second chance. You can rebuild because the foundation is right. Hallelujah. All right, hallelujah. Amen. The Lord is saying to us this morning. And I want to speak to somebody that even though the building on the rock that you may have built may have been shaky, you have an opportunity to redo it and redesign it because the foundation was right. But whenever the foundation was not right, there's a lot more work to be done to reconstruct this foundation. Hallelujah. And that is why, like Alan said in the beginning, that many times if our foundation is on a legacy of, of our father's name, of our ancestor's name, I am from this clan, and that seems to be your foundation, it is like the sand. Because great men come and go. If your father is your foundation, great men come and go. If your parents are your foundation, they come and go and suddenly you're standing alone. What do you do when your foundation is gone? When the winds come and blow and when the rains come descending, you cannot survive the, the chairs and the cares of life. You know, is it, is, it, is it the riches that were left for you? Is that your foundation? Because riches come and go. Is it financial stability that is your foundation? Is that your overall security? You know, as, as a young lady, are you hoping that if, the, if only the man had money and had financial stability, my marriage shall be well? Well, financial stability is not all you need. It doesn't make a good marriage in itself. Is your job the foundation? Is that job the foundation? Is that what defines you? You know, are those the foundations that can easily come and go and may hardly withstand? Uh, you know, the, the cares and the winds of life. And I really was reminded this, this morning, and I just want to reflect it with, 
what's been going on this week. And this week we, you know, we, why lost a very dear friend uh, this week? And we spent some time in, in, in the vigil and, you know, this is an all sense, uh, our all sense family and a young 42 year, year man, extremely brilliant and who had done very well and worked in the region. And we grew up at All Saints Cathedral together. And while our mothers were mothers, you know, on every Friday, we were in our shorts and torn shoes and, and kicking all the stones around All Saints, uh, you know, in the, in the mid eighties and the early eighties. And we were playing uh, around All Saints and we enjoyed ourselves growing up in Sunday school, Bible, Bible class, uh, you know, and all the way to our lives where we've been. And he passed away this week. And my prayer now is for the family, that the family, we continue to pray that their foundation, they'll be reminded of their true foundation. Because when we look about the cares of life right now, and every time you turn on the news, the news is Ebola, you know, just come out from COVID and you're saying, but, but really, truly, can't we have a break? You know, one wind is Ebola. Another wind, you know, is COVID. Then there are accidents. Then, then there's a fear of the unknown. And then there's premature death that is also, you know, going on. What is our foundation? My prayer is for that family. That the true foundation of Christ will be, will be, will be their anchor, will be their comfort. And, 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 you know, because loss and bereavement can test your foundation. And that is why Christ was speaking to us and saying, but when the winds come down, and the rains come down, they should find you with a firm foundation. Please pray for that family. Please pray for all those who are bereaved. Because it is, it is one thing to preach on the airwaves. And I've been there before. It's one thing to be here, you know, on a, on a, on a morning and you are, you're sharing the gospel. But when the winds come, you know, your, your foundation is shaken. I have been there before when I, I really doubted my foundations. I doubted everything that I preached about. I began to rethink my faith because my faith was tested, especially during bereavement or in times of immense pressure from the cares of life. And sometimes the Lord will even send these pressures to test and remind you that he is the true foundation. Because the Bible reminds us that even sometimes disaster will be allowed by the Lord. You know, and sometimes these cares of life will come what is your true foundation? Where is your basis? Where is the underpinning? Where does life start from? Where is the basis? The foundation is the basis. Where truly is that the basis? So it doesn't matter how many sermons you have preached and how many prayers you have made and how many overnights that we have had, how many hymns that we know in our minds and our memory. It doesn't matter how many of, how far from the altar that you sit. I love, I love the, the, you know, our Anglican setting because I love to I have a particular place in the cathedral when I come where I sit. And in the chapel at Luez, I have a particular place where I love to sit. We love our places, either next to the pillar or at the front of the church. And if you don't sit there that Sunday, you have not prayed. You feel very disoriented. It doesn't matter how far you sit from the altar. What is your foundation? Where is your basis? Where is the underpinning? And when bereavement comes, and when loss comes, or when the winds of life come, when that job is gone, where is your standing? Because the storms of life will come to test that foundation. So there's no storm too great. I want to encourage somebody here. 
that there's no storm too great and there's no circumstance too big for Jesus to overcome. Hallelujah. And I want to speak to somebody this morning who's going through a storm in their lives and is doubting the very standing of their faith. That is nothing too great. There's no circumstance too big for Jesus to overcome. It could be your marriage right now that's going through a storm, but there's nothing the Lord cannot overcome. It could be the worry of your children. I know there are many mothers and fathers who are patched into this call every morning. I am encouraged when I log into this call and I see my aunties on this call, my mothers and those who raised us at the cathedral, you know, daily, on a daily, logging onto this, this morning uh, altar. And I say to you, worry not for your children because they're in God's hands. You need to get to a place where you lay them in, on, you know, on the foundation and say, Lord, take over my children. Because our mothers are worried every single day. But the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. And I'll read that scripture fully. So there's no storm too great. There's no circumstance too big for Jesus to overcome. So it doesn't matter what you're going through right now at that job. There's a lady here or a gentleman here who's been at the same place in that job. There's been no movement. You've been accused at that workplace. You've been accused wrongly. And I mean, I've, I know what corporate intrigue can be. When somebody wants your job, they can even set you up. They can actually cause, cause you know, rumor to go around. They can, they can just set off anything to go around just to make sure that they shake you and you, you yourself will walk away. But there's no storm too great. I speak to somebody. And I believe this message is for somebody this morning. That there's no storm too great. There's no circumstance too big for Jesus to overcome. Why? Because the foundation was already laid. And this scripture doesn't say that the foundation will be laid, that there'll be a future foundation. No, the foundation was laid with you in mind. Hallelujah. And this foundation was, was, was blood that was shed. There was the mighty sacrifice that was made that the foundation shall be laid. Our Christ overcame, he overcame death. Hallelujah. Death is probably one of the most uniting things for, 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 for Africans. In fact, we fear death so much that when, when you are sick, we may not contribute to you. When you come begging and utterly, you know, in trouble, we may hardly ever contribute. But when people die, for some reason, we are rallied to even give. But somebody's gone. But for some reason, death just brings uh, a reality back to us. We, 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 we collect more money than we ever collected before. Just trying to contribute to send somebody off. When somebody was alive, you know, there was no care at all. So death becomes one of those signals in the African culture that just sort of sparks us all into quick unity because of the fear of death. But God is saying that he has overcome death already. This foundation is built on death being overcome. Hallelujah. He died and was literally forgotten. Jesus was forgotten. In two days, three days, people went back to their lives. The tomb was closed. Even the disciples who had seen miracle after miracle went on with their, with their lives. Some of them said, you know what? This is it. We thank God for the three years of ministry. The man raised the dead. The deaf began to hear. The blind began to see. Those who had no bread and fish were fed, but he is dead now. Dead seems to be that one thing that closes the chapter. And therefore, even the disciples who had seen miracle, they had seen Lazarus come out of the tomb, did not believe that Jesus, the son of God, would rise up three days later. But hallelujah, 
he rose up out of that out of that grave the tombstone was rolled away the tomb was empty jesus was risen and he laid a foundation by overcoming death he defeated death he rose up and he laid a firm foundation i want to remind every christian here who is going through any form of difficulty that the lord is our rock is our firm foundation that he paid the price already he overcame he overcame death he took time in those three days when everybody had forgotten about him to actually overcome the powers of darkness to overcome the powers of the enemy he took the keys away and he rendered the enemy under our feet and he came and opened and unlocked life for us and he said i have now laid a foundation i now go away to my father i will be interceding with you and for you i'll be watching over you but the foundation has been laid you can now have the right living the christ living now that i've laid the foundation so hear his voice he says do the things that i command you and you'll be like that wise person for when the storms come you will be safe I just want to close by saying right now this morning that it doesn't matter what crisis you're in. Don't be in crisis perpetually, but be in Christ. If you forget everything I've said, please remember right now as I encourage you that don't be in crisis, be in Christ. I think many times we have become, you know, perpetual crisis managers. In fact, sometimes whenever there's no crisis, you're wondering, there's something not right about my life because you have become used to crisis. There's ever a lack of this. There's a trouble from here. There's a quarrel in the family. There's a fight over land. There's a fight over, you know, there seems to be perpetual crisis in our lives. And Christ is saying to us, I, I have come and I've laid the foundation. Don't be in crisis. Be in me, the Christ. Hallelujah. We need to begin to, to live in Christ. And crisis comes one after the other. But the Lord says, you start with me. I am the true foundation. And therefore, I want to speak again to somebody here in the words of Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, maybe one of my best scriptures. The Lord is saying, don't be anxious for anything. And that scripture always puzzles me. For anything, yes, he says, don't be anxious for anything. But I have gone through loss, don't be anxious for anything. But I have no job, don't be anxious for anything. But my marriage is collapsing, don't be anxious for anything. But I'm not sure about tomorrow, yes. But don't be anxious for anything. And by the way, these words are easily preached than they are done and received. So I'm cognizant that I'm speaking words and scriptures that are easily said, but not easily practiced. Because anxiety comes. Crisis will come to us. But the Bible says that don't be anxious for anything. But by prayer and petition, hallelujah. And I thank you for logging on this morning. By prayer, by logging in this morning, by being a part of the altar and petitioning God every morning for your family, for your marriage, for your children. But don't be anxious for a start. But don't forget to be prayerful and, and petition. Bring your request to God. And the peace of God, hallelujah, that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus or through Christ Jesus, depending on your version of the Bible. In Christ Jesus. When you're on the foundation, don't be anxious. When you've built your house on the foundation, you can now sleep at night. Because when the winds come and you're sleeping, when the storms come at midnight, your foundation is right. It will not be moved like the one on the sun. Don't be anxious for anything. 
And those words are easily said. I've been in times of crisis and I wonder, why am I going through anxiety? But I remember that God is saying by prayer and petition. So I'm not saying just don't be anxious and go to work this morning. I'm saying don't be anxious because you have a right foundation, but get back into prayer. Let's not forget to petition Christ. He says that and the peace of God, hallelujah, the shalom of God. I pray the shalom of God for every mother, every grandmother here who has been anxious. Every father has been anxious. Maybe the fear of loss came to you this week when you heard of the loss of this young man. And you begin wondering, what about my children? Are we safe in this country? Are we safe in this world? Are we safe now that there is disease? Don't be anxious for anything. But by prayer and petition, may we go back to prayer. May we go back to a place of hearing and doing. May we go back to a place of petition of, of who God is. And he says the peace of God, the shalom of God, that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There are some things you will never get unless you're in him where the foundation has been laid. Hallelujah. And I want to begin to close also by reminding us that Jesus was in that boat when the disciples began to fret, when they began to panic, when they began to fear, when they began to give up, they began to have all these manual actions of pushing the water out of the boat because the storms have come and the storms will come. I think the Bible keeps telling us that, you know, the, the storms will come. The storms will come. I think there's no assurance that when you're on this side of the bridge, when you're still alive, that it shall be well. But when the storms come, what is your foundation? Where have you laid your home? Where have you built on? Because Christ was in the boat the whole time. And it's a reminder for somebody this week that Christ is in your boat. Whatever family crisis you're going through, he is actually there. And it was amazing that he was asleep. I mean, Christ, how do you sleep when we are going through a, a crisis, when the country is going through a difficulty? When there's a bowler, Jesus, how are you asleep? How are you resting at the bottom of the boat? And the disciples came, and they came to confront him and say, but how is it that you can be asleep? How is it that you haven't come out to speak the word? Come and help us at least. If you can't speak the word, come and help us push the water out because we are sinking. But the Lord says that, no, no, no. If you understood the principles that I have taught you and you are doing what I had taught you, you would realize that I am with you and that it is well. But because your faith is low, I will speak to the winds right now and I'll say shalom. And the Lord speaks to whatever situation you're going through this morning, that let there be shalom in your life. Let there be peace in your life. Let there be a calm spirit in your life right now. It doesn't matter if you're a preacher but your marriage is going through a difficult time. The Lord says he's doing your business. Let there be shalom right now in your life. It doesn't matter if you are a choir member and you've got the most beautiful voice, but there's crisis in your life. Day by day, he says that there's shalom in me. Hallelujah. Some of you, your jobs have been your foundation. I speak to you right now that your jobs will shift. And I, I just speak to you from experience. The Lord has blessed Many of us have blessed me also with, 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 you know, with different jobs. But when jobs go, sometimes you realize to yourself that actually, you know, there's been, the, you know, your foundation has shifted. And I left one of the jobs that was, a, you know, a very, you know, supposedly high-flying job. And you're everywhere. And you're, you're on TV and you're on billboards and you're everywhere. And the Lord, of course, opened another door for me to move to a, another job. It was a better job, you know, from a career perspective. But it wasn't a, 
uh, a visible and, and supposedly high-flying job. And for a moment, I felt a bit shaken because it seems my foundation had been built wrongly. You know, there's nobody inviting you to speak anymore. There's nobody picking up your phone calls because you're no longer in that position. All the people that looked up to you, you know, looked for you and required you to, you know, sort of help them now didn't call you up. Nobody called you up and acknowledged you, whatever you want. It happens to, to, to politicians. It happens to members of parliament. It happens to our archbishops. It happens to our priests, you know, people who leave these kind of positions. You walk away from a job and suddenly nobody remembers who you are. Suddenly you're forgotten in a day or two, you know. Nobody's calling you. Your phone is quiet, you know. There's no phone call. There's no invitation. There's nobody who recognizes you because why? Because society built you based on that job. And maybe you also lived a life built on that job as your foundation. When it shifts, oh my, you know, your hope is gone. Anxiety begins to come in, you know. You know, you are in the, in the airport line and nobody cares who you are. You know, you're right there in the busy line and nobody's calling you out. Why? Because you no longer have that job, you know? And we need to remember our, our reverence, I beseech you, whatever you are. Remember our priests who have left this place. Remember our people who are no longer holding some of these positions. We seem to hold them highly, but the day they leave the job, we seem to just completely forget them. May we remember our people. And this is just a side note. But if your foundation is a job, it will shift. And may the Lord remind us that we need to build on the true foundation. And therefore, I want to close because I've spoken too much. Like the wise person, the Lord says, where is your foundation? Where is the true foundation? Let us trust and obey. Let us go back to the feet of Jesus. Just like Martha, we need to be careful not to be everywhere and scattered by the distractions of life. But our foundation, our basis, our underpinning is in Jesus. And therefore, this morning, I want to pray for peace. As I pray right now, I want to pray for peace. I want to pray that the Lord will bring back peace to somebody's life. I pray that the Lord will bring and take away that anxiety in the name of Jesus. I pray that the Lord will remind us that he's the true foundation. He's the one that builds and the one that has laid the foundation already. He paid a price already that we shall build whatever we're building on top of that foundation. May we remind about true hope and faith and peace in him. That we shall not live in crisis, we shall live in Christ. Hallelujah. I want to pray that we shall be reminded that he is the firm foundation. So Father, I want to pray in the name of Jesus that you will raise us up. This morning as we start our day, this morning as we go to, to, to different services where there might be, you know, you know, there might be tears and there might be celebration, there might be, there might be, uh, you know, you know, bereavement, Lord. May be reminded that you are the true rock. You are the foundation. And that when you built this foundation, Lord, you had me in mind. You had the listener this morning in mind. The termites that come, spiritual termites will not go through this foundation. That the floods that come to our lives will not bring down the, uh, this home. That the pests that come to attack us in every form, you know, family disagreements, fights from every direction, Intrigue in the workplace, you know, businesses that are collapsing, partnerships that are dying. Father, you are the true foundation. That when the winds of life come, Lord, we shall be reminded that we can live rightly in you. We can live in you because you are the true foundation. Now, Lord, remind us of your presence. 
that we, as we go out this morning, you'll go with us. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And amen. 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 Let's pray for Colin. Our God and our Father, we receive this word. We receive this word about our foundation, about our foundations, about what we have built ourselves on. Now, Lord, we pray that as your servant has revealed us, as your servant has uh, helped us to understand why we should build our foundations on Jesus, may your Lord reveal him. Lord, protect him from the hand of the enemy. Many a time, as your children have spoken, there's a backlash. We pray against every backlash over Colin, over Stella, over the children, over his loved ones, over even the airwaves and over the cathedral. We know that the enemy has attacked the church, particularly the church at the Church of Uganda, the Church of All Saints, because we are dealing now with the right matters and the people are being redeemed from the bad foundations to right foundations. Now our God and our Father, we ask this morning that you who is our God will reveal your servant. Protect him and guide him in Jesus' name, I pray. Thank you, Brother Colin. Thank you so much for Amen. speaking up to us from your heart, from your experiences. Uh, friends, it's usually good or it's just nice when somebody speaks to you, not from written things, but uses their own life experiences. And that's the beauty that this morning Colin has done. As we are still working on our jobs, first of all, ask yourself, on what foundation are you standing now? He has also talked about children. You know, you, you, everything Colin talks just gets onto you that we were kicking the ball, you know, banana leaves ball by that time. Not even, because that place, even Nakasuro was still, still plantation. You, you can see our children, what foundation are we giving them? Hmm? It's the foundation of Christ. Many of the youth have talked about raiding uh, uh, Mrs. Babiru Kamu's fridge being the foundation of sharing. So you have a brother, whether they are not a blood brother, they are your brother, the foundation of Christ. You, you bring children in, the, in Christ and they will bring others in Christ and win people to Christ. So one of the biggest things I, I understood and even heard from Colin that it's the foundation of Christ that you win over others. You win over, not to you, but to Christ. We need to win people to Christ because of the foundation we are in. We are, we, we are, we are, we are scared. And that's the truth. Parents are scared. Parents are, don't know whether your child is involved in, uh, in, in pornography, whether alcohol, whether, because they are not with us. But one thing is that when we give these children a firm foundation on Christ, it doesn't matter. Hmm? Doesn't matter. I don't know how many friends Colin has who are drink and who are really in bad behaviors, but firm foundation makes him move 
and you cannot touch alcohol. Many of us have friends who are drunkards, who are challenged by certain things. But because you're on a firm foundation, you just say, that is not where I am. That is not where I will be. Talk about alcohol. Many of us here and many of the people out there, we encounter that, oh, a little wine just for the road. It's for the stomach, like we, they said. Really? A safety person? And they are there. But when you're on a firm foundation, do not be yoked to, with unbelievers. And sometimes we also become unbelievers. You take the wine because that, that, that's the word you know. So I want to pray this morning again that if you've been believing your wife, believing your, uh, your foundation is because of the job foundation, it's Christ now. Now, now, now. Our God and our Father, we thank you that your servant has taught us that we should anchor everything of us in Christ because he has already laid the foundation. So, Lord, we, we, we want to, to, to grip on this, to nuance, to, 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 to get it with all our mind, all our bodies, all our souls, all our understanding that our good deeds are nothing, but the firm foundation is Christ. We want to build it on our works. We want to build it on our families. Lord, help us to build this foundation. Help us, help us to build this foundation. Thank you, our Father and our God. In Jesus' name, I pray. Colin also said one thing, even when you're on a wrong foundation, it can be repaired. You can repair it, and the repairer is Jesus Christ. This morning, do you want to repair your foundation? Is there where your, 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 your wall is leaking? Is there where you're leaking? And check about all of us. There's somewhere is leaking. Is it anger? Is it unforgiveness? Is it uh, relying on the good things, the money, the tithing we do? Is it relying on whom you know? That when you appear in the cathedral, when you appear in certain circles, everybody must recognize you. Is it our PhDs? Is it our degrees? Is it our, I mean, wealth, it's all vanity. Like you say, that you start thinking what happens. Let us pray. Our God and our Father, teach us to number our days right and repair our foundations. Lord, I pray for myself, my brothers and sisters. Lord, where we've been leaking, where our walls of the foundation has affected our growth, where the foundations have not been laid right, where we were in sin and which has affected our growth in our Christian life. We ask that, Lord, you repair it because you're a good repairer. We ask that, Lord, you help us to get rid of all the baggage that is that, that is was in our foundation and let the blood of Jesus help us and let salvation come into our lives. I pray that Lord, if anyone is not in Christ this morning, they will know that there is a foundation. If there's anybody who's discouraged, the friends you remember as Colin was talking, he said at one time he got shaken and all of us got shaken. And when you lose a job, when you lose a loved one, when you lose a loved one, you get shaken. You get shaken. 
and particularly where blood runs on a father, a mother, a brother, a sister, you get shaken. You get shaken. I've been there. You get shaken. But you, you turn back and say, whom do I lean on? Whom do I lean on? And you can be accused when you're vulnerable. The accuser uses the brethren. And it is very tough, friends. When you're vulnerable and the accusation comes and in your heart, I pray for that person this morning who has been accused wrongly. But you, in your own heart, you know that this is just, they're, they're framing me up. Father God, I pray for that man. It is who has logged in today, but they have framed him because of a relative, because of a, 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 a relationship in the office. Lord, especially because men take on to look after relatives of women and relatives of people they do not know. I pray for those men. That, Lord, you encourage that man today who has been framed. Lord, it is a deal, and they, they say he was involved. No, Lord, help him to anchor his foundation on Christ. Lord, I want to pray for every woman who has been accused that she has somebody's husband, that she's doing things which are wrong, that, we, Lord, she has stolen. Lord, we have been framed many times, but, Lord, what has been our help? Our help has been Christ. Our help has been the salvation. And then you say, it's okay, everybody has accused me, but my God, my rock knows Lord, I thank you. Thank you for this teaching, oh Lord. Lord, release everyone. Release people who have, uh, we have not forgiven others because they have been framed. Release people who have thought that I helped so and so, but they did not come back to say thank you. Our rock is Jesus Christ. Our foundation is Jesus Christ. Thank you, our God and our Father. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Lord, strengthen somebody today who has lost a job and strengthen somebody who has lost investments, strengthen somebody who, are, who has lost a loved one. Everybody here, Lord, bless them. Bless them, bless them, bless them. Bless them this morning, Lord, because, Lord, your, your, your child has blessed us. We return all glory and honor to you. In Jesus' name, I have prayed. Amen. 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 Amen.